Hello and welcome to Fox River, a prison break podcast presented by The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon and I love prison break. And I'm Dom and this is kind of a first watch of prison break for me. (laughs) And tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode four, Cute Poison. So hello and welcome to Fox River, a prison break podcast presented by The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode four, cute poison dom. We're here, we've been in the shoe for three years. How you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. I've got uh, cramp. I haven't seen daylight for a long time. They, they wouldn't give me, uh, you know, an hour out in the yard in the, in the days. So I've just been locked away. Um, but I'm excited to be back to mingle and be able to see other people and carry my shank. <laughs> good. As you should. Get your conjugals back. That's you know, <laughs> little little bounce in your step. We're back. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how weird it is, like listening to our first three episodes and then listening to this one and like the difference between it. I might I might go back and do that when this one's released. But how are you? And did you get a chance to listen back to the original three? You know, I did. Uh, I didn't listen to all of it. I kind of just skimmed through to just get a sense or a flavor. So just in case anybody hasn't listened to the first three episodes, Dom and I recorded the first three episodes of prison break then took a three-year gap and we're now back for reasons that we've literally just explained in the intro of the the previous episodes but yeah uh i didn't listen to all of it i just skimmed through but can you remember we gave each other prison nicknames do you oh. remember what your prison nickname was or now is reinstated no i can't I remember us having prison nicknames because it took us a little while to think of them. But I actually have no idea what they are. Yours was about your name, that your name's Dom and you're a con. So you'd be Condom. Oh. But then you didn't like the idea of that. So then we were coming up with brands of 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 condoms and how that may work and we let, ended up landing on your name would be Johnny Trojan <laughs> <laughs> I like it <laughs> I do like it <laughs> Johnny and Trojan. then mine was was that when I run my left arm's a bit funny it does <laughs> a little funny thing so we decided that I'd be called stray arm stray arm remember as soon as you said your arm I was like stray arm <laughs> there it is oh stray arm and uh johnny trojan are sellies again <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh, i'm really curious to wonder if people notice a difference in our podcasting because when we were doing those first three episodes it was really near the beginning of our podcasting run so i'd like to think that the sound quality sounds better i'd like to think maybe we're a bit more confident or i don't want to say less stiff because i don't think we were stiff but i think we were very much trying to stick to a certain script and trying to do things methodically and i'd say over the last few years we've just kind of relaxed into just generally having conversations around these episodes that ever whatever we're covering i don't think there's going to be a massive amount of difference in terms of content but I mean, it would be interesting to hear. But uh, I do remember vividly as soon like so. Right. Just for context of people listening, if they didn't listen to our little like promo clip is that I rewatched all three of the first episodes that we've already covered and then watched the fourth uh, like immediately after. Um, and I'm sure you did, Simon, as well. But just for like, con- I didn't think I'd have the time to be able to do that. I thought I'd just watch the fourth one. You said there's a really good recap. It will jog your memory. And then I, you know, as I do, <laughs> managed to watch all four, which is great. And I remember as soon as I saw the character, as soon as she appeared, 
the lawyer woman and we discussed her mouth being open all the time and like Constant. how dry it must be in there and I, I couldn't stop laughing whenever she was on screen just like oh my god and then and what well, i don't know if we'd mentioned it before but her the the the, the sort of eye level like one eye her right eye oh no hear me out hear me out because i know like i pick out people that have huge heads and things but her right eye is considerably wider and open all the time and it kind of pushes her right eyebrow up so she always looks like she's like really inquisitive and then her left one is like slightly lower and closed so now like whenever who, you like, watch it you will never be able to not see that <laughs> like the what's the detective when he's like there's just one more thing colombo yeah, is it like she's pulling like a Columbo the whole time? But like constantly, yeah. And then whenever they film her and her head's at like a jaunty angle, it looks worse. <laughs> well, I'd just like to say, we said in the promo about how this could be a nice companion podcast to Prison Breaking that is being hosted by Sarah Wayne Callis and Paul Edelstein. That's, you know, the cast members, wonderful podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure everybody else is as well. And we were saying that there'd be some differences because this is a cast behind the scenes, how it was made sort of podcast. They're giving their, pers- their perspectives as well, interviews, all of that good stuff. But you think you've just exactly proved why the difference between a fan podcast, because I don't think they're ever going to say, Hey, remember Robin Tunney? What the fuck was up with her face? Like, I don't <laughs> think that's ever going to come up, is it? Obviously, she's a very beautiful woman, Dom. Um, um, that, but- funny enough, that was, I was thinking that exact thing as well. And I was going to say it is that, you know, clearly she's a beautiful woman and she's very good at what she does. And she get, she gave really good performance in all four episodes that I watched today. But I couldn't kind of get over the eye disparity. <laughs> The mouth thing, I mean, I've never noticed the eye, but thanks for that. You probably ruined like one of my favorite all-time shows ever. But the the mouth thing, it's constantly open. I just, I notice this with people when they keep their mouths open the whole time. I just think it must be so dry in there. But she's also, I mean, hey, it's a really, it's a sad situation. Like it, the love of her life, potentially, I'm not sure. It's a bit ambiguous at the moment, isn't it? But is in 30 days gonna be executed um so yeah okay she's not going to be very smiley but she doesn't smile like hardly ever at all at all like not even a little bit like i mean i think if she did her lips would probably crack because they're dry (sighs) and they they, you you don't want them to go that far because it's going to split and it's going to be sore i mean she might be saving an absolute fortune on like Vaseline and lip salve sort of stuff, mm. you know, chapsticks. Yeah. I'm like licking my lips now, like subconsciously. I'm just like <laughs> just thinking about moisture. It. I need moisture. But right, well, I don't know if I said this before either. Um, but this is actually the second time that I have uh, that I have attempted podcasting Prison Break because the first time. I did a. I tried doing a podcast before you and I even podcasted, which was a few years. I think it was in 2017, 2017-ish. Yeah, 2017, Luna was a puppy. Uh, me and, and uh, an, another friend... Levels are different. But, you know, <laughs> another friend and not, really nice guy. But we... Uh, it just didn't work. Like, I think we was just, we was just like, uh, it wasn't that we had bad chemistry or anything like that, but I think we were both trying to be performative. Like, we weren't, this was probably in our late 20, no, must have just turned 30. I don't know. But a few years later, when we started, when we were like 32, it was just completely different. And I mean, even the first episode we did, we didn't release it, did we? Um, because it felt like that. It was like try, trying too hard. And then we actually did Smart House, a Disney movie. And we just kind of forgot that we were podcasting and just had a conversation like you and I normally would. And we just had to edit it heavily. <laughs> and then as time has gone on, we've just edited less and less and less to the point that we just don't edit at all. Um, so it's just I, I'm really excited to 
podcast prison break because i really love this show it will feel like we i think we ended up doing i think we did about 16 episodes um but like it was terrible like the quality was terrible i didn't edit them it sounded awful clicking like ended up had to remove them off of the internet and i thought podcasting was over for me i was like that was just a terrible experiment that didn't work again it was it was fun doing it it just you know and then we're, I'm so happy that we started podcasting. We got this going. We have our little community. Love all of that. And I'm so happy. It's one of like the proudest things that I've done in my life. I know that sounds crazy, but just proud to enjoy these times and to have even just like a, a few people that enjoy our podcast. I'm like super proud of it and the, the community that we've that we've built. Um but I'm really excited to to finish and get through Prison Break because this show, it's not the same as like One Tree Hill where that show really like means a lot to me and, you know, was divisive in growing up and things like that. That's not what this is. This is just a show that I really love. But from the moment that the first season came out to when the last season came out, season five, it was kind of like a consistent in my life between the ages of like, 18 to well went all the way up to about 30 because there was a massive gap between season four and five but it was things changing all of the time and it stayed constant it's the same with lost um and watching it now at this time of my life where i've got you know a wife and a kid and everything i feel really happy within myself you know when you like know yourself feel comfortable it's like i'm really enjoying it again now and really happy to watch it with you and sort of claim the show from this perspective as like a 36 year old and yeah i'm just really excited to cover it with you i'm really excited because i know that you you've only well tell us about what you know about it just refresh us how many times you know what you've seen what you remember well that's what i was gonna say um like after after what you were saying just then is i was actually gonna say that i we need to work out what I'm going to say at the beginning because I'm not technically a first time watcher like I am with One Tree Hill. I go in blind every week. But I, so I've seen the first season, but there's episodes of it that I'm pretty sure I've missed. Um, and I can't remember any of it. <laughs> so I know the premise of it, obviously. But uh, and I, I kind of have flashes of memory of like, so like a, a, like a big hole being dug in the like through concrete they're like digging a big hole through concrete. that's all i can remember just like vividly this hole being dug in concrete and that's kind of it i might even be thinking of the wrong thing i don't know you know but that's the only memory of it i kind of really have um and even watching re-watching the first four episodes today there was like oh okay i, I didn't notice these things or I, I hadn't quite picked up on that um uh, and that hadn't really stuck in my like when um when he's doing all the planning and stuff and all the like letters and icons and things like that are, like standing out to him I've, kind of, I've forgotten all of that and that sort of thing happens so um yeah it's it's definitely something that i have seen before but just the first season but can't remember any of it so yeah i'm really looking forward to, to getting through it because like, like i said to you when we started I watched the first four and I thought I could watch the fifth one, but that's kind of kind of ruin what we're doing here, you know, um, as much as I'd love to like steam through and watch it all. Um, I'm actually quite excited to see, watch it on like a, like a weekly basis, just take some time and okay, now I'm going to watch this, kind of watch it on my own and see what's happening and then yeah, come and talk about it with you. So let, why don't we put some rules in for you and why don't we, if you agree, obviously, uh, <laughs> Why don't we say you have to treat it like it's One Tree Hill? Like, no, try and be no spoilers. You can't watch ahead. You've got to watch at the same time we are. Uh, we just won't do predictions for the first season because you can you have some memory, so it's not kind of the same playing field. But once we get to the second season, all the way through to the rest of it, you obviously can be doing predictions like we normally would. Um, and then in the beginning, why don't you just say, I've seen... Uh, what you normally would how on one tree hill you'd say i've seen 136 episodes of one tree hill why don't you just say you know i've seen four episodes of prison break kind of i think that <laughs> kind of is kind of perfect but then when we get to season two you can just be i've seen 27 episodes of prison break yeah. i think that works 
I think I think that's a good a good way of doing it. It's just kind of be like I've seen this many episodes of you know Prison Break, and then we'll just kind of leave it there. And then when people if people question it, they can question it. It's fine. It's you know it's no biggie. Um, but yeah, a lot like like I said, I think this show is already really good. Like from the first three episodes, uh, and then jumping into the fourth as well. Um, so. Uh, I was excited to do it then. I'm excited to be back and doing it now. Obviously, as as we explained, we were really busy and it was kind of like a sort of challenging period of our lives because we were trying to do kind of too much as well as all the other stuff going on in our lives. Um, so, yeah, now we're we're back. We're kind of happy to be jumping in and, and, and starting it up again. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm really excited to... It's going to sound really sentimental, but to have this show with you and it be something that's like a a shared experience of us going through and podcasting it, because like I said, it's something that spanned a a long period of my life. It's nice to sort of watch it from this perspective at this age and sort of share it with you. Um, And we can kind of claim it together. You know, it's like become our podcast show. Um so with that being said, so we have our podcast community, but this podcast is going to remain just Dom and I on each episode. So we're not going to have any guests. We're not going to do any interviews with cast members or anything like that, because all of that is going to be done at a much higher standard than we could ever do uh, on prison breaking. So we're just going to keep it to just Dom and I watching these episodes. We're not going to do watch alongs. We might do a watch along for a season finale, maybe if people want to watch that with us, because, you know, they're always fun. But generally speaking this will be just dom and i um and we'll keep one tree hill to involving people and in, in the community and then eventually lost will take over that part and be like that more community side of the podcast so yeah we've got, our, good? we've got our movie episodes as well so we've got all the the films that we're going to cover and that'll be with our ultimate ravens and they can pick a film and we'll you know podcast it with them and what's great is that with the ultimate ravens is that they've been picking films that we've never seen before which we absolutely love and we've been really enjoying so yeah if you are interested you are listening to this and you want to give it a go check out our patreon and yeah see see if, if there's anything takes your fancy there ravenshoops.net that's where you can find our patreon and all of that good stuff but let's talk about this episode so episode four Dom, it starts with a crazy beginning with what we find to be a dream, but is Lincoln, um, uh, he's, he's been taken to the chair and it like just in the middle of the night being dragged, Bellic, Bellic, I've still got a month left. And it's so like horrendous and inhumane, like just like the sponge on the head and it's like the contractions that are just being like, it's, like literally nuts and bolts um and then like the hood over i think dominic Purcell, who plays lincoln burroughs did like an amazing performance with like the breathing and like i bet the acting is so good like bellick when he says uh he has this great delivery on lines he's like just make your peace lincoln (laughs) it's like oh my god what did you make of the intro uh it was such a like bold kind of fast-paced intro and you're kind of wondering what the hell's going on like obviously i've I, I, in this moment i've had the benefit of seeing it before so i knew that it was going to be like a bit of a dream sequence but you you kind of forget and he's just he's being dragged down the corridors and he's screaming and he's shouting and he's he's trying to you know get loose i've you know like you said i've got a month left and yeah it's just so it's just high energy from the beginning and there's a lot of scenes like kind of throughout that are like quite calm particularly when like Schofield's on and he's like yeah I'm kind of doing this I'm figuring this out and I'm I'm like just a sexy tattooed man and that's kind of like that's kind of his vibe for a lot of it and but he is doing shit in the background um but with uh when like Link's on it's like fuck like this is like emotional and uh, I'm in an absolute state and I don't want this to happen because I'm figuring things out and like my brother's in here and he's trying to help me and yeah it did kind of raise a question though that like um, in a previous episode he was saying he doesn't want anyone to like visit him before he's executed he's got no one that he wants to see no one that he's interested in I think maybe if he was in that frame of mind like that dream wouldn't have happened because he, he mm. like if he's in that frame of mind still like if he hadn't seen uh, his brother and he hadn't kind of 
heard that, that there's this kind of plan and decision to get him out and he hadn't seen you know his lawyer who's saying you know i kind of believe you now i believe that you didn't didn't kill this person so i feel like he probably wouldn't have been having those dreams but these anxiety dreams are coming through because he knows he's innocent um he's not resigned to the fact that they're just going to execute him anyway because mm. he, he's almost got this like pillar of hope so these dreams yeah. are coming through as like that that your hope's going to be taken away and we're going to take it from you and it's like no and it's like it's really good like kind of show of his like internal turmoil i guess yeah that's really good really good analysis yeah i think that's that's exactly what it is which goes to show the depth and quality of the writing <laughs> so good i i will say it now it's a bold claim and, and i've seen other people say it harrison said it in our discord and i fully agree that i think that season one of prison break is the single best like what one season of television that i've ever seen like mm-hmm. the whole way through it doesn't let off like the foot is on the accelerator the entire time mm-hmm. it's so quick it's so quick i mean so i also watched the the first four episodes back just to to be fresh I mean, in the second episode, you got a riot. You know, <laughs> like it's so quick. Like I know you've war. missed to- <laughs> like crazy, isn't it? It's just nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I know you've missed talking about tea bag. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, just the main man. Surely, creepy as fuck. <laughs> so, like, just a horrible racist pedophilic murdering maybe necrophiliac that's kind of implied it's, it's at one implied. point yeah. just horrendous horrendous human being but yet somehow personable like yeah. it's very complicated isn't it it's like i don't want to like you you're terrible but yet i like the way you talk like i like that not what you're saying but i like the way he delivers like, i mean i think it must we have to just give a lot of credit to robert nepper i guess because it's the way he delivers the lines um oh, and he has some great ones that are coming up <laughs> he's got some great ones that are coming i mean i don't he wasn't in this episode was he uh i don't think he was in this episode no i don't think so it was sort of blending for me but yeah, he is great he is amazing honestly just even from sitting on the bleachers to i'm coming for you you know all of that just from one sort of step to the other like you got to make your decision fish and it's just like shit and then like i want to you know what you sent me earlier when he was like i want it to be slow you know when he gets i want to do it slow <laughs> i love that <laughs> you are <line>. sick puppy <laughs> <laughs> thank you but uh it's it is really so it's so jarring because and i can't remember if this comes into play later but it's left kind of ambiguous uh as to michael michael's uh like heritage like his ethnicities in real life he is of mixed heritage i i think it's that he has uh, a black dad a white mum. maybe i might be getting that wrong but he has he has he's of mixed heritage and in this in the first few episodes he's hit with uh racial slurs for being for being white he's hit with like racial slurs uh, for being black or being of mix of mixed race, uh, and that must have been like complicated for him as an actor of how to feel about these things. I mean, I guess it's kind of coloring the picture that these are horrible, prejudiced people, um, and it's a it's a horrible and hard environment. Um, yeah, but I mean, then to take on top of that, that he was also uh, or is also a homosexual man that was having to feel like. I mean, from his own accounts, uh, you know, sort of hide his sexuality or fear of prejudice from, you know, television networks and studios and things. Uh, like that's a lot of weight to have on you to then also be like number one on the call sheet, like to be the main guy, the main character. Uh, and he does such a great job. I mean, we, I, when I was skimming through our previous episodes, we, I kept saying this, we kept saying this. But if he wasn't cast correctly, if you didn't have the right guy anchoring this, it wouldn't work. Like mm. a lot really rides on his shoulders. I mean, in like One Tree Hill as a an example of a comparison that you wouldn't think happened, you could make. But all of the characters, it's kind of divided between each character. 
um you know like sometimes it's a bit more heavy towards this character sometimes a bit more heavy towards this one in prison break other characters may have more or less like we're saying teabag's not really featured that heavily in this episode but michael is always our protagonist so that's like a lot of weight to have on an actor yeah it must yeah exactly it must be really difficult to kind of go through those emotions because um it's like kind of real life isn't it for him it, it, it might have been real life for him he might have had those struggles uh growing up and like particularly with sexuality that's you know it's it's horrible to think that someone in that day and age when the program's being made it's not like it was like the 70s or the 80s this is like the, the 2000s you know that this is being made uh, and you think would uh, evolved enough as a society to be able to be free and open and comfortable with who you are uh, and be accepted or feel accepted and um yeah i guess that he sadly didn't at the time and i know that since i we discussed it on our previous episodes i think like the, all those many years ago but he's you know subsequently come out and quite active in that sort of community isn't he and you know fighting for people's rights and stuff which i think is is great to see but um yeah the race stuff as well and and having that mixed heritage must be really difficult to kind of combat that and any like it, it drumming up like past experiences which, which is also a possibility but but then you, you kind of think you know these these people are professional actors it's 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 not real uh, you know in mm-hmm. terms of what they're saying you know plus all having having to split the cast up even the supporting cast and say okay we want all the the black cast over there and all the white cast over there and then you're going to attack each other that might that must be a challenge to to separate that up mm. and kind of go this is this is you know what we're portraying prison life to be like and there may even be some um you, you know experience written into that someone might say yeah this happens on the, the on a regular basis we have our you know right-wing fascist white people that just want to attack anyone that isn't you know part of their group and that's that's how it goes um so yeah it must be kind of difficult all around but also i wonder if there's like i've got a process i've got a job to do i kind of okay with it i've kind of read through the script and i've signed off in it and i've got through it but yeah it's hard to see that as well though as like acceptance because he didn't have uh he wasn't comfortable in himself like knowing that he wasn't comfortable, sorry, not that he wasn't comfortable in himself, but wasn't comfortable to share his, you know, who he is, essentially. Yeah, well, I guess, yes, exactly. I agree with everything you said. And it must have been really difficult to have those conversations. Um, but I guess it also is depicting it as negative, right? Like particularly more from the like white sort of Hitler youth as as they were described um because I mean I think that is the way with racism isn't it is that racism from white people to non-white people uh it has more power behind it because of the history and the systemic makeup of society and the world um and the atrocities that you know historically white people have have done right um and so it feels way more from that side but i guess it's sort of depicting on all sides that it's it's negative and michael he's kind of not his whole thing is he's not focusing on it he's focused on what his mission is which is to break himself out or break his brother out um and he tries to get through those things and over those hurdles and just focus on that. But he keeps getting drawn in because that is how the uh, populace is moving within the prison. Those are like the it's like the rippling tides of prison activity. And it's just it's such a great setting for a show because it draws you in and it feels lived in, like the world building. It feels real. Um, and I know obviously it's it's filmed in a was parts of it was filmed in a real prison and uh yeah i mean wentworth miller is a huge reason why i love the show and he's so good in real life like you said he is very active uh for you know for as an activist and for people's rights and things and uh yeah i mean the whole cast is really good people and inspirational i think i mean i got that's maybe a little bit of an overstatement because who what do i know i mean the main people that i know are well paul adelstein who's kellerman and sarah wayne caddis that's 
uh, Dr. Tencredi because they're doing the podcast. They seem like amazing people. And then Dominic Purcell, Lincoln and Wentworth Miller, uh, Michael, they seem like amazing people. I don't haven't gone too into the depths of the archives of like the interviews and things with the other people. But yeah, sorry, bambling. I'm kind of babbling because I feel like I'm just too excited. There's so many <laughs> things I want to talk about, but I'll keep it. That's, I'll keep it on on topic. So we maybe won't get all of this in the right order, but who do you want to talk about? We've got Sucre. We can sort of talk about his journey. We've, we've obviously also got what's happening outside of the prison with Veronica and her sort of uh, meeting up with Nick Grillo. That's his name in real life. I can't remember. Or is his name Nick in the show? You're asking the wrong person, unfortunately. I, I need more time to be able to remember names rather than just like a few episodes in the same day. Well, I'll find out. But yeah, <laughs> or we can obviously talk about Haywire, Brutzies around. I mean, where do you want to? Where do you want to start? I actually love Haywire. You love him. <laughs> I actually loved him. Yeah, I thought he's brilliant. He's so good. On, he's got a maze on the skin. <laughs> it's a gateway to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It tells him his conditions, like, basically means, I don't sleep. <laughs> just like, what the fuck? And the, just, the, I've, I think that performance of that guy uh, himself is just fantastic. Just the, kind of hit the state of him, doesn't blink, staring, endlessly scribbling, you know, just from one glance <laughs> at all those tattoos. And he can see the pattern, it's a pattern, I can see the pattern. And he's scribbling it down and, and writing it all. And then he, he lays it all out on the bed. Like when uh, Schofield comes back to his cell, it's like, what the hell is that? And he tries to get it off him. It's like, it's, you know, and that's when he kicks off. And it's like, it's it's a part of the way, you know, like gateway to hell. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then we have the whole banging our head on the on the cell bars <laughs> to, to have him removed because, you know, he sort of heads into like a little episode. Um, well, actually, he's not wrong. You know, this he's, he's, he's not wrong at all. Um, but uh, Schofield's got to do something about it. It can't have him basically foiling his plans and, yeah, it kicks him out. Well, I think I told you this last time, but that actor actually auditioned for Michael Schofield. That's right. That's right. I seem to um, remember that now. But, yeah, he plays the role so well. So well. He is, he is a great haywire. Uh, the guy that I was thinking of, so I was kind of right. I I combined his name. So his name in real life is Frank Grillo. But in this, in Prison Break, it's Nick Saverin. So Nick. Well, should we should we talk about Haywire more then? Maybe that's a maybe that's actually a good a good place to to start. So I mean, Michael's whole thing is that he needs his cellmate has to be on board with what he's going to do because he needs to be digging at night and etc. But Haywire is not interested because he doesn't think he can function in society. We also find out from the Pope, which is such a great name for a prison warden, isn't it? <laughs> the Pope. Pope wants to see you. <laughs> so good. We'll come back to the Pope. But I love him so much. Uh, but he, we find out through him, his conversation with Bellic that he murdered his own parents. Mm-hmm. Which they always add that as like a particular... like. Murder is bad, but murdering your own parents is like a just another, right? It's like these people like raised you and like brought you up, but they might have been awful, terrible people that have you know done horrible things to him. So you, you kind of you want to learn more about the circumstances, don't you? But yeah, it does have that kind of oh shit. Like if there's if you're gonna murder, you don't murder family, but this guy's gone like full on into his parents and. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> and so, you know, we're we're worried for for Michael. Uh, he tries to switch cellmates with Pope because Pope he's making the Taj Mahal still with Pope, and that was a nice moment of Michael helping Pope out so that his because his wife Pope's wife comes in. And obviously she can't see the Taj Mahal because it's it's the gift for her. It needs to be properly propagated. And she instantly fears that 
he's having like an affair or something that's potentially happened before. Mm. But Michael does what, Dom? Uh, he sort of walks out and says, like, you're not going to get anything from me. And is it Johnson? Johnson's still in there, um, kind of looking through the papers or whatever. And he's like, well, I'm done with you. Go away and sends him back to his cell. And then kind of carries on the lie with um, whatever his secretary and his name is. And is like, make sure Johnson's taken back to his cell, uh, which I thought was, was really like a bold move, really bold move, kind of saving the Pope there. Uh, with the obviously with his wife going, we haven't got a repeat of was it Toledo? We haven't got a repeat of Toledo, mm-hmm. have we? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and he's like, what? What? No, like like utter shock. Like obviously something dodgy was going on there, and uh, she wasn't impressed. Maybe that's why they moved to this prison now. Well, that's why they ended up at Fox River because of issues at the previous place. Um, yeah, new start for them both. What do you think of of our boy Brad Bellick, who we're told by Pope that he's like next in line to be the warden. That's why Pope's given him more responsibility. It's like essentially at the moment his assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, uh, but but Michael kind of went around him to try and get the cellmate his cellmate switched, which Bellick didn't appreciate. Yeah, uh, and he's not happy about that. And and Bellick turns into a little bit of a bitch in front of the Pope, doesn't he? He's like, well, you've given me, um, you, you've kind of delegated that job to me of like assigning prisoners and stuff and, and uh, like where, what cells they're in and this, that and the other. And I've got the general population, that floor's mine. If you're taking that away from me, you can find someone else to do the job. And it's just like, kind of Pope's like, don't stop being a little whingy bitch about it. Just kind of chill <laughs> out. It's okay, you know, I'm kind of, pegging you to be the next you know the next warden here like that's going to be my recommendation when i retire even if that's bullshit it's kind of like you know carrot on a stick isn't it it's like keep him on side um but pope, i, I pope, hate you. pope knows what he's doing pope's he's, played yeah, this game before. it's not his first not his first barbecue is it you know so he's all good um but i i, I hate bellick immediately um but what i wanted to talk about earlier when you were um you were saying some stuff before kind of hit on this note is that this kind of show makes you immediately despise kind of most of the prison guards like most yep. like straight away and then you sympathize and kind of like eat, oh, with teabag it was teabag in particular where you're saying what an awful horrendous person but you're kind of on his side mm-hmm. you're kind of like with him aren't you and it's the same for all of the prisoners you're kind of like on their side like when they cut off michael's toes you're kind of still on their side do you know what i mean and and, yeah. and when bellick turns up and he's like and he steps on his foot like in this is in this episode when he's getting like all the, is it this episode yeah when he's getting all yeah, the yeah. chemicals and stuff you think what a prick what an absolute arsehole but he didn't cut his toes off he's just stepping on the wound do you know what i mean so by comparison he's done nothing to this guy like he's actually been disfigured by other cellmates uh by you know other prisoners and we like them more than we like the prison guards and that's kind of mm-hmm. always the sentiment and always the feel with this type of program is that you immediately start to kind of build up that rapport and that relationship and you want the prisoners to succeed and you yeah. want them to get out and, and you want the prison guards to fail or something to go wrong or them end up in a in a difficult situation i guess that is, is hard for them to get out of um it's so unusual i mean you get the odd guard that's kind of decent and we'll do the right thing like the guy that takes um lincoln's cuffs off when he's talking mm-hmm. to his son so those moments are quite good and you do get the old guard that will be kind of decent about it um but the rest you just kind of think what well, a bunch of tools you know <laughs> uh, yeah i completely agree and i guess it's the power of it being the stories being told from the prisoner's perspective like if mm. Not that this same story would be told from a CO perspective, but if you are seeing a story told from Bellick's perspective and he's the protagonist of his own story, then we'd start seeing things from his his point of view, right? So maybe we should write that. We should rewrite Prison Break, but from the opposite way round. So we see it from, yeah, from Bellick's perspective and the other guards and like how difficult they have it, like coping with all these criminals that are just, 
Some of them are just nuts, aren't they? <laughs> you know, and they just want to riot all the time. So, yeah, and all of them have got weapons. Like, when they're tooling each other up as well, just to jump mm-hmm. back to that episode, and it's just, like, passing knives and passing, like, makeshift, like, plastic bits of whatever just to stab people. It's just nuts. It's just crazy. So, yeah, I think Bellic should have a maybe an origin story or something. <laughs> maybe you'll see it one day. Who knows? <laughs> but it's it's so different to one tree hill as well i mean it's completely opposite um so yeah it's wonderful to be to be covering it what what about uh, we're kind of dancing around here but what about sucre he's in love our boy hector he's not our boy is (laughs) stolen uh murray cruz from him uh why is that funny just the whole but like uh, premise of it like it's, it's it's kind of it's kind of a little bit typical in a way but it's also like you feel bad so bad for him because he's like i want nothing to do with you like to schofield get away from me i'm getting out of this cell you can have haywire <laughs> and he's just gonna fucking watch you all night um and then um it's kind of like if you want in on this plan i need you to be like fully in and he's like no i'm out i want nothing to do with you 16 months and i'm out of here whatever he says and then we have Mary Cruz not turning up, and you know he was in the. Does he say the hole or the shoe? Shoe, I think. I think it's the same thing. Okay, because uh, I thought he said he was in the in the hole, but I might be wrong. Um, but he, he, you know, misses her birthday and doesn't call her because he's kind of in solitary. Eventually, gets to call her, leaves messages. You know, has that awkward moment with her mum on the phone as well. Um, and there's just kind of all those moments, and it's all building up to this guy Hector, like stealing his girl. And he gets a visit, and he's excited for his visit, but he ends up in one of the like cages on request. And it turns out to be Hector that's visiting and basically saying, "She's my girl now. Um, she wants nothing to do with you. Don't call anymore. Stay away." Um, and he manages to get through to, he phones her eventually, like, because it hangs up the phone from the guy. Um, wait, wait, hang on. Just before you get to that, uh, can, as, uh, so firstly, Hector also, his his prison nickname should be Mr. Steal Your Girl, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's who that is. But uh, Sucre gets enraged and shouts things at him in in Spanish? Yeah. Do you, as a Spanish speaker and as me as a non-Spanish speaker and as, as there was no subtitles, did you understand anything he said or what, what did he say? I, what did I can't he call, remember. What, what did he it... call him, Dom? Did he throw some terrible, horrible insults at him? <laughs> uh, he, I, he was saying that he, when he gets out, he's going to kill him. I'm going to kill you. I'm okay. going to kill you. Uh, right. That's the only bit I remember. I can't remember what else, but yeah, I remember him saying that. Uh, I could go back and watch it and find out. Maybe if those scenes happen again, that sort of thing happens again, I'll make note of what's being said. Like I'll I'll pay proper attention to it so I can translate it for you. (laughs) And then also, um, like I'm just fascinated by other languages and my horrible lack of being able to speak any of them, barely speaking English. But when um, I I love Sucre so much, but I love it when he's just like, Hey, puppy. Hey, mommy. Is what does puppy and mommy in like Spanish? Does it mean like what? What is it translating to? Just like the same? Is it like a way of just saying like you know, hey, mate, hey, baby? Is like that kind of? Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of like hey, daddy, hey, mama. All right, it's literally just it is just like that. Yeah, (laughs) no different. Because he calls he calls Michael Puppy all the time. Yeah, yeah. I hey, think puppy. it's from that kind of community. Oh, I think what we're led to believe in that kind of community is that it's a regular kind of term that they were used as, like whether it's a term of endearment or whether it's a term of like, uh, like yeah, right, kind of daddy, calm down, that sort of thing. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. But that's I, I think love that it. We're always kind of led to believe that in like TV shows and stuff. I would really, really like it if you would start calling me puppy more often. <laughs> and by more often, I mean for the first time, just one time. Hey, puppy. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't feel natural. <laughs> it felt it felt a bit forced. I'm going to be honest, it didn't feel good coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's we'll work on it. Well, yeah, we'll get, maybe maybe I'll just drop it in like at some point without without the request. I'll just chuck it in in a random episode. One do week. it on a One Tree Hill episode. <laughs> so people don't have zero context. Hey, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry. Go back to the phone thing. Oh yeah, the the guy that was in the queue behind him originally, whilst he was on the phone, like trying to get through to to Mary Cruz, and he's like, she she doesn't want to speak to you. Basically, um, is on the phone either again or still, and he's like, hey, get off the phone. I need the phone. Um, and he's like, I'm on the phone to my mum, and he just hangs it up. And then he's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to have a problem. And he's like, are we? And I kind of don't see Sucre as this kind of like tough guy or have the, having this tough guy exterior, not yet. But this other prisoner obviously thinks he is tough. So it's like, okay, and backs down and just like leaves, leaves him to it. So I don't know whether there'll be phone call retribution later <laughs> or not, but it seems like he was like, I'm done with that. Puppy's got the phone. Well, I think he was like, he was like, oh, we have a problem. And then Sucre says, well, let's solve it then. Mm. I think it was more that he was just in that moment so enraged from Hector that it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this guy's going through something right now. This isn't worth This isn't worth it. But yeah, yeah I love that moment. Uh, Sucre, how do you feel about Sucre? Like, he's the best. I, I really like him. I think he's great. And when he when he comes back to the cell, he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's like so excited. He's like, I'm back. And the he's handshake. Like, I, hate, I hated you. And I'm back. Oh, God, there's such an awkward moment. It's like fist bump, handshake. Then they both change and they don't know what to do. And he's just like, oh, whatever, just grabs him. He's like, this will do. I really like Michael's facial expression or Wentworth Miller's facial expression when Sucre hugs him in the yard when he's like, they're planning on how they're going to get Haywire out and how he's going to get Sucre back. And Sucre kind of hugs him because he's like, yeah, you know, you're going to get me out. And Michael kind of looks like happy, like, okay, I think I actually have like an ally in here that's not going to chop off my toes. Like a Brutzi <laughs> is his ally, right? Kind of. But he's a mercurial man, Dom. Mm. So it's... He's actually got someone, I think, that he can have some trust in, maybe. And someone he can feel comfortable, like, oh, I'm going to sleep and you're not going to be breathing, watching over me, pulling threads off of my shirt to, like, peek in my tattoo. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> so creepy. Hey, if you was, so good. <laughs> if you was in this show would as an actor, would you, was Haywire who you would want to play? Like, you'd have the most fun playing that kind of crazy... Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think I'd enjoy it. <laughs> Can you give me your best line delivery of, he's got a maze on his skin. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a maze on his skin. <laughs> it's a gateway to hell. Gateway to hell. Where are you taking us? <laughs> a, I mean, even in the shower, he's like watching him in the shower. He's got his notebook out, you know. Yeah. So okay, so outside of the prison, we've got Veronica and Nick. Well, she meets Nick. She's trying to kind of put in, trying to piece everything together. Uh, the the video we see the the video links saying that you know he didn't pull the trigger. He was already dead. They keep going on about the bloody pants, and they mean <laughs> bloody as in there's pants with blood on them. But all I keep hearing is yeah, the bloody pants, the bloody <laughs> pants, like. <laughs> In like a British way. <laughs> it's like my dad would be saying it. Yeah, the bloody pants. But Put your bloody pants back on. <laughs> but he didn't and, touch and their bloody out. pants. He, did, he, did, he didn't touch the bloody pants. He was putting bloody water on his bloody face. Yeah. And and the Not police that. officer that, you know, is questioned by Veronica kind of doesn't uh, recall his uh, kind of what happened correctly. And he's just like, who cares? Like, what does it matter? We've got footage of him at the um, at the car park and he was running away. So, you know, two and two together makes 75 and that's who we're going to arrest. And do you know, and, and so we get Nick Savrin brought into the mix. He kind of looks like he'd be Dan Scott's younger brother. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. He's got that perfect Dan Scott hair. Yeah, his half brother <laughs> from another mother. And now he's trying to break people out of prison. But he he's one of them people that works on 
like death row only cases. So he's now in the mix and they're questioning things and there's conspiracies and there's oil involved. And is it people from Saudi Arabia or these other places that have oil money and trying to do all these conspiracies? It's all a little bit ambiguous, but we also have this blonde woman on the phone that loves to chop vegetables. Dom, <laughs> she fucking loves it. If she's not chopping a vegetable and on the phone, she doesn't know what she's doing. Am I right? <laughs> she's, she's lost if she's not cutting up a red pepper. That is it. <laughs> she is lost. Like how many vegetables do you need in your stir fry, love? Jesus. <laughs> Big family. Like, I, I just, I have n- I had no recollection of her at all. So, like, rewatching it, I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, okay, these phone calls are happening. She's in charge. She's kind of like the boss, but it makes no sense. Like, what the hell? Who is she? I couldn't, I still don't know who the hell she is. So, um, be interesting to find out as this, the story develops. And obviously, the, secret service guys that and working for her what connection they have right because we basically have these two stories running parallel we have what's happening within fox river and then we have what's happening on the outside like the conspiracy part of it uh so we also have kellerman and danny i know his first name's danny i can't remember his last name but the two secret agent guys and you can see that there's this kind of divide between them and Kellerman is very much his life is his job and Danny has like a family and dinner time and guilt and (laughs) potential fear around this stuff like even when Kellerman comes to him at the end to say hey I've got a solution for you and he's like oh we're just sitting down for dinner do you want to come in he's like no (laughs) like I'm here for for business Uh, I thought he's gonna kill him I thought he was going to turn up and kill him. I thought this, uh, like, you fucked up earlier when you didn't kill the the lady in the forest. Probably, you know, the the witness. Um, so I'm here to sort you out because you're not doing a good enough job. And you questioned the the you know the vegetable cutting lady, and she's not impressed, and I'm not impressed. So I'm just going to get rid of you. And I thought he's not going to do it in front of the family. And it, like, definitely not in his front doorstep because he's going to be seen by loads of people. I thought maybe maybe he's gonna at some point just walk in and yeah shoot him or something but then he's like i've got a file have a look at this file (laughs) it isn't uh kellerman is such a good name like agent kellerman sounds Mm. so good but uh killer man agent killer man but yeah but in the file it's to say that they're transferring michael schofield tomorrow so Big news, big news. He's going to different prison and he can't break clever. out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he'll break out of anything. But it's a it's a uh it's a good cliffhanger and you know, potentially just completely I mean, that's probably it. There's actually it is only five episodes of prison break, Dom. Prison episode five, Michael moves out, Link is executed, <laughs> the end. <laughs> Veronica gets back with Sebastian. We move on. I'm happily ever after. <laughs> well, let's talk about John Abruzzi. Do I mean John Abruzzi, John Abruzzi? Yeah, John Abruzzi, John Abruzzi. <laughs> he's just kind of putting pressure on Michael, right? Like he, with the haywire situation, he's kind of there. He gets him some chemicals, uh, offers him a shank. If you'd like, you know, just <laughs> shank him up. Your choice, but that's how that's how I, I deal with it. Um <laughs> when I was skimming through our previous episodes just to get a flavor of how we was doing like three years ago, there was one part where we were laughing about how one of Abruzzi's like men was saying, you know, they're like, we cut off his toes, it's not working. And someone said, why don't we cut off his foot? <laughs> it's like, just up the ante. <laughs> <laughs> just go go full leg. Let's just take you, the leg. <laughs> you went a bit short last time. It's like a haircut. You went a bit reserved. Like, just go a bit more. Go shorter. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's kind of putting pressure on Michael and, and he gets him the chemicals. That's really his only function. Um, Michael uses the toothpaste to put the chemicals down the drain in the doctor's office. And he's really playing Dr. Tencredi, right? She's very suspicious, though. She's, you can tell she's really suspicious and she, she's kind of trying to look out for him. But she's also like, you know, this, you know, this kind of level of cheek, you've got this level of lip. This is what's getting you like fucked up in prison. This is what's 
getting people to cut your toes off. So stop, stop it and just kind of keep your head down and behave yourself. Um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of, he's trying to build up that rapport. You know, I'm going to see you every day. He's then going to got those blockers that are going to stop the insulin from eventually killing him. Um, uh, and he's, you know, doing his best to just like keep visiting and build that rapport and relationship so she's comfortable with him. Um, I guess it's so that she maybe leaves him for longer periods of time or gives him something or, or kind of trusts him with some element that gets him back in that room so that he can you know do something again I, I can't I can't remember but he's looking at cables you know the, those cables that were running from you know there to, to the other side and he's he, he's already said to Sucre that it's the 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 like the walls with the least amount of def, kind of guarding and defense to it so it's the easiest point to get over from the infirmary um so it makes sense that he's going in there a lot and kind of making his plans and he uses the i just remember the a duck <laughs> moment. um uses There's his some little s- duck to test the water doesn't he earlier on in the first episode and stuff so there's certain line deliveries that always stay with me like that one a duck and then uh also when and they brought this up on prison breaking where it's when he said and they use it in the previously a lot when he said and michael says the evidence was cooked <laughs> so good say it say it one time a duck or the, the cooked the evidence was cooked puppy Papi, <laughs> papi. <laughs> All right, and then uh, we wait. Okay, hang on. So that's so. So, do you think that his? You think he's playing her on purpose? That he's trying to manufacture some sort of relationship, whether romantic or not, but just his his playing her to uh, get her trust. Yeah, or do you think I mean, it's genuine. I mean, with these things, it start. I think it starts off as a play and then becomes genuine. Like he starts to realize that she is a decent person, and there's mention of her father being a governor. Um, so I, I, he, you know, he might have some link to what's going on or be part of the solution. So kind of get her on side, get her to understand the story, get her sympathy, and she might be able to go to her father and help with this in some way. So I think there's scope for that definitely within this and then just before we get to our judgments i guess the other really big part that we haven't touched upon is sucre's back in the boys are back in town the band's back together (laughs) when do we start digging right now sucre i need you to make some noise and what does sucre do (laughs) he starts singing (laughs) yeah papi don't worry (laughs) and he starts singing away and it just creates basically a locked in riot of people like shut up shut the fuck up <laughs> like they hate him they hate his singing but Awful. it gives him enough to it gives michael enough time to kick in the bricks and then we get to see he's broken through and it's so <laughs> good it's like fuck i even i've seen it this is like my fifth time watching it i think and i'm still just like fuck he kicked it through like i'm like scared he's gonna get caught I think that's part of it as well. It's that adrenaline rush of watching it, thinking, imagine, because we know that he's innocent. Like, I mean, he did fire a gun in a bank, but we know that he wasn't, he was doing it on purpose. Yeah. And it's that adrenaline rush of, oh, imagine if you're an innocent person and, and you're doing everything you can to get out of being incarcerated. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's it's such a good premise. But we're running low on time so let's move into our judgments if there's anything we've missed we'll pick up on it there but first if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast how could you not check us out ravenshoops.net why dom because prisoners trying to break out of fox river go through hoops <laughs> but yet hopefully they evade nets <laughs> ravenshoops.net that's where our patreon is you can find all of our bonus content on there of all of all of our podcasts it's all on one feed it's all in one place so i know in our previous episodes we would have had our old patreon commercials on there we'll leave them in because they were fun to have on there and the little you know sound bites and everything but yeah ravenshoops.net you'll find all of us all of our content on there dom who was your favorite performer of this episode 
That is a very good question. I actually didn't, I wasn't sure what we were going to do with the ratings. I wasn't sure if we were going to have it the same, but I will pick Wentworth Miller um, for this episode because he's just like steady Eddie, isn't he? He's cool, calm, collected. And even when he's panicking, he's managing to stay cool. Like I know that's like a character trait, but it comes across really well from him. So yeah. And what about you? Great, great choice. I mean, it's hard to not pick him every single time, but I will <laughs> go with Silas Weir Mitchell, who played Haywire, because nice. he did do it great. There's a maze on the skin. <laughs> uh, what about your favorite character of the episode? Oh, it's hard not to pick Sucre because I thought he, he had like a strong episode, but I am going to pick Haywire. I thought Haywire was awesome. So, yeah, definitely him. What about you? I think I'm going to pick Sucre. I think uh, my favorite moment, well, it's, it's joyous when he's singing, uh, but one of my <laughs> other favorite moments was, oh, we've got a problem. It's like, let's solve it then. Like, yeah. so just like, uh, I would fuck you up right now. Uh, it's just a great moment. What about your favorite background performer? One line or less. Um, I, I didn't If you didn't pick, pick out, there's out. Many, many a prisoner. There's many a prisoner. Just, pick a prisoner it, like, hold, a, hold, hold got, in a pocket fuck it <laughs> well you got the guys when they take lincoln to the shoe uh, not to the shoe sorry to the electric chair you've got the guys that actually pull the the lever, um, the lever. you've got the sort of silhouettes of people watching through the window you've got loads of people there i'll, I'll go with that guy the lever guy I'll go with him yeah well wait yeah. you yeah the lever guy you stole him from me lever. sorry sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> my, no, my... No, <laughs> nice Okay. Uh, <laughs> prison bans. That was the other thing you kept talking about. You're like, prison banter. There's all this <laughs> prison banter going on. Prison banter. What about your favorite line of the episode? Uh, again, because I was so underprepared <laughs> for this, uh, I will pick um, what Haywire says uh, about the the lines. You know, it's the gateway to hell, that, that bit. Got a maze on his skin. <laughs> what yeah. <are> you? <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I think I'll go with we got a problem. Let's solve it then. <laughs> I love that line. Nice. Uh, favorite song? I mean, I get. I'll, I'll go first, and you can. I I would like to say that the music, like not. The, the score, the undertoning score of Prison Break is so good. And I think that's what makes it feel a little bit more grandioso than a TV show and it feeling like one really long movie, particularly the first season anyway, is that the movie score feels like, like an action movie from like the 90s, but like not sort of cliche, just awesome. I love the music so much, uh, but I will pick those like a really aggressive hip hop song halfway through. Um, <laughs> When I'm feeling really angry, hip-hop is a great go-to to just get that aggression out in the car, like, just feeling it on a walk, just, like, I think it was, like, oh, we're living to die, da, da, da. I was, like, yeah, fuck, fucking prison, let's go. <laughs> well, I'll pick, the, I'll pick the same song. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to any music in the episode, but, yes, yeah, so I'll pick the same as you. And then last but not least, we have the Precious. Precious. Rating. Dom, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Uh, yes. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? Stay the same. And the same questions to you. Mm, thought of a number right now, and <laughs> I've got it. We'll say them together after three. Let's do it. One, two, three, nine. Nine easy of course it's a nine it's easy <laughs> money prison break it's awesome i love this show i'm so happy that we're doing it we're claiming it it's now a dom and simon show one tree hill is a dom and simon show prison break is what dom a dom and simon show <laughs> that's right if anyone ever talks to you about prison break before you can even go into that conversation you have to say oh yeah i've seen prison break it's a dom and simon show <laughs> Absolutely. If you ever have a prison break with a prison break conversation with someone and you don't mention my name, I'll consider it as adulterist. Oh my God. It's a Dharma Simon show. I would never do that to you. Thank you. Why? Because I'm what to you? Marcelli. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but what you call me? I'm going to call you Stray Arm. <laughs> yeah, but you call me Puppy, motherfucker. <laughs> No, never. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Dom, how are we going to end these ones? Uh, that's a good question. We we can't do ravens, surely. Maybe didn't you we, just have we to... Do, didn't we toy with the idea of fox noises or something like that in one of the last ones? Fox noises? <laughs> I don't even know what noise... Fox. Don't fox make, like, high-pitched noises? They just scream and they're like... <laughs> I don't think that's good for a podcast. What if... Um, I don't know. We'll work it out. We'll think about it. But for now, why don't you just give us your best haywire impression on free? I want you to take me with you. <laughs> it's a map. <laughs> it's a gateway to hell. Tunnels. <laughs> it's a gateway to hell. <laughs> and we'll catch you through that gateway on episode five.